The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. What is good, everybody? Welcome to another SB Nation NFL show. I am Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation, alongside RJ Ochoa from Blogging the Boys and Brandon Lee Gowden from Bleeding Green Nation. BLG, what's up? Number one in the SB Nation NFL NFL pick standings and number one in all of your heart stats. Wow. Flex right off the bat. Very good. RJ, how you doing? I'm doing very well, Stats. Um, I would like to let everybody know, because the conversation we just had was not recorded, that Rob Stats, Guerrera, Brandon, you can support me on this, so can Steven. Um, Rob believes that peanut butter is orange. Um, he offered that opinion of his own. Like, we were kind of just talking about some random stuff, and then he randomly said, yeah, you know, like, yeah, we were talking about, like, what's orange? And he said, peanut butter. Like, what? <laughs> Stats, do you really believe this? I don't believe peanut butter is orange. <laughs> peanut butter is, in fact, orange. This is I, I insane. How, how do you think it's brown? What Look, color do you think a football is? <laughs> so, like, a Reese's peanut butter cup wrapper. Do you think that's the color of peanut butter? No, there are different shades of orange. Oh, okay, what what I is a similar shade of orange to orange. peanut butter? Burnt oh, you, you actually orange. you said that the, the University of Texas uniforms are the same color as peanut butter. You said, Brandon, he said that, right? Like, I'm not making that up. Yeah. Anybody? Google. Here. What do you? Google. So, what do you think? If let's say you had two different jerseys in front of you, and you're slathering peanut butter on them for some reason, what do you think would match better? The Texas Longhorns jersey color, or like the Cleveland a Cleveland Browns jersey? The which Texas one, which Longhorns wouldn't be closer? by far. No. No. The um the the star behind the H in the Houston Astros logo stats. What color is that? Is that the orange. same color as peanut butter in your mind? Like is that that's the same color Again, as like the Texas? There are different shades. You guys are idiots. DraftKings Sportsbook <laughs> is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. They also sponsor this show. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. If you are new to the show, we're going to break down the travesty we saw on Thursday Night Football. Then we'll preview every game of this week's slate. We'll do our pick three and our locks of the week. Thursday Night Football was interesting. Colts 12, Broncos 9 in overtime. Uh, this was terrible. The teams combined for no touchdowns, seven field goals, a blocked field goal, 15 penalties, 12 punts, six fumbles, four picks and 10 sacks. And they were a combined. Oh, and six in the red zone. 
Ugh, BLG, your thoughts after this nightmare? Um, everyone's, you, you know that uh, rant. I think it's from um, uh, what Billy Madison about, like you know, uh, everyone's dumber now dumber for having heard yeah, this. Yeah. For hearing, we are all worse off for having <laughs> watched that game. Like our lives are now worse. Um, just a travesty. It was terrible. Uh, really, just awful vibes all around. Uh, a giant waste of time. This is. This reminds <laughs> me of uh, back when the Rams and the Patriots played in the Super Bowl and people are like, well, actually, it was a good game because good defense. No, it's not about good defense. It's about offenses that are terrible, quarterbacks who are over the hill. There's nothing meaningful and good to come out of this game. There's no like, okay, uh, this is a positive takeaway. No, like there's, there's nothing good. Did you hear during the game that actually came up? Al Michaels said to Kirk Herbstreit, sometimes the game can be so bad it's almost good. You know what I'm saying? No. And Herbstreit said, no. No. Um, sometimes there are bad games that have, like, moments you remember forever. Um, I think it was in 2008. I know it's been referenced before. Uh, stats you might know. I think the Dolphins beat the Steelers 3 to nothing on Monday Night Football in this, like, monsoon of a rainstorm. And I remember it was so, like, rainy and muddy i guess that on a on a dolphin's punt the ball mm-hmm. like stuck in, stuck the, in the, the ground yeah like um that was cool <laughs> like you know what i mean like that that game sucks but at least i remember that this had nothing and i actually hate that it didn't end in a tie i, I hate <laughs> that there was a winner from this game uh, i hate that anybody gets to feel good about it i hate that people are gonna draw a conclusion that's like oh well you know it's because the colts are missing jonathan taylor um there is a lot of trashing happening of the denver broncos and i think that that's certainly more than fair given the way that they're playing right now the colts might be bigger losers like i, I mean i really don't know who the biggest losers involved here are um i i you know i'm not the first person to say something like this but a week ago i i prematurely dubbed this the fraud bowl this really was just like two frauds out frauding each other in like a pit of fraudulence <laughs> shout out to uh hogs haven our washington commanders community they had to tweet of the night <laughs> i don't know if you saw it it said god this game is like watching the commanders play each other just, just <laughs> i'd rather watch that <laughs> um but the, the interesting part of this game actually came after it was over uh russell wilson had a, just a disaster of a night, including a terrible interception where the Broncos could have kicked a field goal. Just brutal night. And he gets up at the podium and he took responsibility for it. He did mention his injured shoulder, but he did say he has to play better and all that stuff. And he's leaving the podium and he gives a Broncos country, let's ride. Just terrible vibes. And then KJ Hamler, after the game, like threw Russell Wilson under the bus. On a play late where Hamler was wide open and not hit, he said, I could have walked in, and he told James Palmer of NFL Network that he wasn't the only Broncos receiver who was open on the play, and he has no answer for why the Broncos keep missing golden opportunities in the red zone. Are things getting ugly on Russ early here? So um, I want to say quickly, because he's getting dragged for the Broncos country that's ride thing. Um, I never thought the Go Hawks was inauthentic in moments like this because there were definitely like bad moments in Seattle. Obviously, I always thought that was like a fair sort of rallying cry. Like it's a, it's a you know not cool, but it's just like hey, Go Hawks, right? Like that's we're all, we're all here to win, right? Like we want to win every game. This doesn't have that vibe. This is like a super corporate. Let me shoehorn my thing in here. And I think Russ is, I think people think he's more obtuse than he probably really is. That's, you know him the most personally uh, of us. Um, 
but but I think he steered into the meme and he went way too far. Like he, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like we we can't we can't get him back. Like he's now living out the meme way too much. Like I know there was the subway video, whatever. Um, I thought you know that there were a lot of things that have been said, but I think a fair point about this is he doesn't have the same currency built up with the Broncos fan base um, that that he did in Seattle. Right? Um, things were bad there, but at least you know you could hearken yourself back to the good times that doesn't exist here. You're supposed to be this mercenary hired for the sake of winning games and, and restoring order to the mighty Denver Broncos organization. I, I know you're talking about the KJ Hamler quote, and I think that that ultimately is what matters the most, but I do think it's significant that Broncos fans left the game. Like as <laughs> overtime was about to begin, like, like, you know, like we see fans like oh, that happens all the time. Fans leave games when they're getting blown out or whatever, but like, overtime is literally about to begin. They're still like very well in contention. I actually think that's a little bit like, like, come back to us, Broncos fans. Like, kind of spoiled and entitled here. Like, chill out. You won a Super Bowl seven years ago. I know you want to win, and good for you that you have high expectations. But the the whole Bronco, like, now the, the Russ stuff, BLG, is, like, overshadowing Nathaniel Hackett. Like, I, I do think that Russ is kind of taking all of the heat. He deserves his fair share, but there is more than enough to go around. I mean, that's the biggest takeaway from this game. Like, for as much as the Colts don't have a lot of hope and everything, at least they only gave up, what, like a third for Matt Ryan? And they can probably move on from him sooner than later. Not again, not they're in a great spot, but Matt, it's very much a worse spot for the Broncos, who owe, you know, a first round pick and what a second round pick to the Seahawks this year. By the way, that first round pick currently set to be at nine overall. And not to mention the salary cap ramifications after giving Russ that huge extension. Like this is a this is as bad as a start as you can really have to what could be, you know, this next multiple years of Broncos football. It's like, this is, this is terrible. This is like worst case scenario. You just, it's hard to have hope with this. I mean, I guess if you're talking yourself into it, uh, and I'll get back to you in a second, RJ, it's just like, okay, maybe you need a new coach and hack it is the problem, but I don't think it's that simple, man. Russ looks cooked. I just wanted to say, even if it was nine overall, like you think like, oh, hey, a top 10 pick, like, like we can land our quarterback in the future. Like as messy as that would be, like maybe you're, you're holding on to that hope. They had the ninth overall pick two years ago and the quarterback sitting on the board that they didn't take and, and they were right, but was Justin Fields. So like, you know, you're not even guaranteed to get, you know, like an A-list proposition at that point in the draft. That's it's so difficult. Um, and it's just like, I mean, I, I guess, but like stats, like why don't the, either of these two teams, like you can't just like continue to like chase quarterbacks on the open market. And as far as veterans are draft one, do the work, you know what I mean? Like ne- neither of these teams want to do that. Well, I think the Broncos plan was Aaron Rodgers. I really think that's why Nathaniel Hackett has a job. I mean, Mark Slareth basically kind of hinted at that Wednesday when I talked to him on the SB nation NFL show. That was their plan. And then Rodgers decided to stick around. And so they scrambled. And I don't think, look, we all thought maybe Russell Wilson wasn't as good as he was in his prime years in Seattle. But I don't think anybody thought he was going to be this bad. And now here we are. But I thought this was interesting. So last play of the game, right? The Broncos are at the Colts five-yard line. It's fourth and one. They go for it. They could have kicked a field goal and tied it and tried to play defense or whatever. But after the game, Nathaniel Hackett said in his post-game press conference that he, quote, got the go to go for it. Now, shouldn't the head coach be the one deciding whether or not to go for it? I thought that quote was really weird. Who is telling Nathaniel Hackett whether or not to go for it? Is that the their, their analytics guy? Is that Shouldn't that be his decision? It should be his decision, but I don't, that's not weird. I mean, Doug Peterson had that. I remember when the Eagles, you know, won the Super Bowl once upon a time. I feel like coaches have that. They, 
they shouldn't be reliant. They shouldn't be like, well, I made this decision because of this, but they should have someone in their ear saying like, this is, you know, we recommend go. And then the coach makes the decision if they actually do want to go or not. Um, But I I don't have a problem with them going for it. Obviously they should have gave the ball to Marshawn Lynch instead of throwing it there. Um, But uh, you know, I, I like being aggressive. It's just that, they didn't execute, and they should have. KJ Hamler is right to feel frustrated. He was open. I don't know, you know, like the reads and the progressions and everything there, but it seemed like based on his reaction, KJ Hamler's reaction, it wasn't like he was an afterthought on that play. <laughs> I have a hard time believing that because it looks like a pick play, right? The way Judy ran that route, and very nicely, by the way, to not get called for a penalty on there. Um, he ran it a very specific way where it, like a ghost pick there, and Hamler was open. Um, and it just felt like, and, and honestly, I, I felt that too on the, the Broncos' first drive where they get down to the red zone. It's like, okay, this is looking more promising than in recent weeks. And Russ was late on a couple throws down there as well. It just seems like he's holding on to the ball too long uh, and he's just not making good decisions. I, you know, screenshots for, from moments like that could be misleading, right? Because like, it's just like a, a singular moment and there's so much to, to what's happening. But like, what was the like the big knock on the Seahawks in general in, in, during the latter parts of Russell Wilson's time? They're like, oh man, they can't build this offensive line. This offensive, he's taken too many things. Like, I mean, I think we're, I think a lot of people kind of knew this, but like the, the world is catching up to the idea that like these are Russ's sacks, the same way that Carson Wentz's sacks or Carson Wentz's. But like, there, there's, there's like a billion still frames of like Russ with like nothing but time on, on that fourth down. I mean, it's like, mm-hmm. dude, what, what more do you need? Like you, you've like, you've gotten every single thing. You've gotten the peanut butter color uniforms. You've gotten a perfect offensive line. You've gotten all these wide receivers to run around for you. You have a, a defense that can like hold the Colts to 12 points. I mean, like what, what more do you need to be like Russell Wilson? And like, I'm admittedly reading a little bit too much into this, but it just kind of feels like, and I'm, I'm not saying this is like where the go came from stats, but it just kind of feels like Russ does not want to win. You know, like I, I do believe that most players in the NFL want to win at all costs. He wants to win. Hang on. Let me like finish the point. I know you've scowled at me. He, he wants to win Russ's way. Right. Like he wants to win with like yes. him going off. Like it has to be like Russ throwing for 300 yards, Russ cooking, Russ having his three touchdowns. Like there's a checklist of things that has to happen where cool. The win matters ultimately. But like Russ also cares about a lot of other things. And I think a lot of other players, like I think Aaron Rodgers cares about not throwing picks. And like, I don't think any of that is, is unnatural or unfair, but that, that play does feel like, okay, what's the most hero possible way that I can establish any kind of redemption to win this game, to put all the crap that happened at this point behind us to where everybody in Denver, everybody around the world is talking about us in a glowing way, talking about Russell Wilson and the trade being worth it for this moment right here. It just felt really forced in that sense. He's not good. And it doesn't look like he's getting any better. And the Colts look... look awful too. I hate that there's no criticism sure. like at them today. I mean, they like they and everybody was tweeting it. Oh, they owe Carson Wentz an apology. Hell yeah, they owe the world an apology. The Colts are frauds. Okay. I just wanted to the Broncos. <laughs> I just I was so excited. I was just like so pumped. Was, I was watching the game thinking like I can't wait to get on the show tomorrow and, and you know like roast these dudes. But then they won. And I mean, you I, can. This, this was not a meaningful win for them. Like, th- there's nothing to take out of this win. That's like okay, we can build on that moving forward. No, it's just they were the they were the less pathetic team. Like by a little bit. I mean, they literally let the Broncos get all the way down the field at the end of overtime, and the Broncos should have scored, but they screwed it up. And yay, the Colts get a win. Okay. Enjoy that. A win is a win is a win, as they say. Mm. But yeah, it was an ugly, ugly showing. But the good news is we have a good game on Thursday Night Football next week. Oh, oh no. It, no we this don't. take was out there a lot, too. Like, it will be so much better. Like, like next week's game between the Commanders and Bears, like, it mm. will not, it won't be, it will be more entertaining, at least. You know what I'm saying? Like, this, will it? Yeah. 
I mean, like, we'll see. It, it will be there will be like interceptions and <laughs> and fumbles. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, there will be, there will be this like this game had six fumbles. I mean, like, not there'll like, be sacks like, for Matt, sure. Matt Ryan fumbling this game is, had 10 sacks. Didn't Matt, it? Matt, Matt Ryan fumbling is like the saddest thing of all time. Like, it, it's just like not enjoyable to watch. Like, the, I, I, I don't know how badly I feel for Matt Ryan. Like, he obviously went down this road himself. And like, I don't think we give the Colts enough flack for their how ill prepared they were at quarterback after trading away Carson Wentz, who we all think sucks. But still, they traded away an established franchise quarterback. And they completely, no pun intended, lucked into Matt Ryan with him wanting out of Atlanta, rightfully so, after them chasing Deshaun Watson. What if that had never happened? What, what if Atlanta had never done that? What, what would the Colts have done? What would their plan have been? You only need one plan, apparently, and they went with Matt Trick Ryan. For Geno we, Smith. Oh, God. Could have had Jimmy Garoppolo. Not, not saying, just saying. That's true. All right. Pick me! One, two, three. Pick one. On three. Pick three, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Let's get to our pick three, which is brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app today and use code SBNFL for a special offer when you sign up. That is code SBNFL only at DraftKings Sportsbook. We had our first push of the year last week with me. I pushed on the Vikings and Saints. I had Minnesota minus three. Right now, BLG is atop the standings at three and one, then RJ at two and two, and I am bringing up the rear at one, two, and one. So, BLG, you have first dibs this week. Where are you going? Yeah, I kind of feel like uh, for the sake of this activity, a push is kind of like a, a loss. I mean, it's, you're, you're calling it the lock of the week. We're calling it the lock of the week. It's like that. this is going to be correct. And if it's not correct, then it's wrong. Um, I it, Whatever. You can keep the push for your record. But I'm just saying, all right, uh, I'm going to he go thinks. with a line that <laughs> you're welcome. Uh, that doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to me. How? Why are the tell me why the Cowboys are five and a half point underdogs? Because the Rams the Super Bowl. That's why. Rams. Like, but the Rams don't look good. They're coming off a short week where they just lost to the 49ers, who have also not looked like amazing this year, and have lost to the Broncos, who we just talked about, and the Bears. Um, I know Trey Lance was in for the first game, but still. And then just from a simple standpoint of the Rams have the worst graded line. Offensive line in the NFL by PFF. Their offensive line has not been good. Guess who they're up against? They're up against <laughs> a team in the Cowboys that ranks second in sacks per game. That is just a huge mismatch, and that's an easy call for me. I mean, even if the Cowboys don't win this game, which I'd like them to win outright, I mean, it's going to be a close game. So give me the give me the five and a half all day. It's a lock. Take it to the bank. Actually opened up at six, um, which was strange. It got down all the way to four and a half at, at one point during the week. Mike McCarthy had a, a quote that people loved about this. Um, he said, we're, we're not anybody's underdog. It was really cool in the moment. Um, I just want the record to reflect stats that, that Brandon, who who runs Bleeding Green Nation, um, has picked against the Eagles every single week as far as the spread is concerned and has now picked the Cowboys three weeks in a row um, as far as the spread no. is concerned. So, again, uh, yeah, just, but not for my know, lock. But yes, I, I'm just saying, like, you know, you know, he. You must hate the Eagles or the Cowboys. I mean, these, these was I facts. wrong about those Cowboys picks? I'm just all saying. Right. Look, I'm, I'm just saying. Anyway, um, I think that's a tremendous lock. Good for you, Brandon. Um, good for you making people money, unlike stats. Um, I lost people money last week by taking the Detroit Lions, and, and both of you were very happy to watch me fall. In fact, push me over the cliff as we started uh, the show last Friday. Um, I've learned my lesson, and in fact, I'm going to sort of like Venn diagram my way into my next lock. Uh, the Seattle Seahawks spoiled my Detroit Lions lock, so I'm going to go with them. Similar to your line of thought, 
how are the Saints not not only favored, but they're five and a half point favorites against the Seahawks? Why? Like, like I, I recognize the Seahawks have played poor football, but I mean they scored a thousand points last week. Can the Saints score five? I mean the, the Saints, <laughs> but like put them in the same you know category as the Broncos and the Colts, as far as I'm concerned. What on earth? Like I can't. I legitimately like I, I can kind of think of a reason why the Rams would be favored, right? Like Cooper Cup, Matthew Stafford, again Aaron Donald. They won the Super Bowl, whatever. But like, what reason is there to give? New Orleans, any kind of, of leeway against a team that just put up almost 50 points. Give me the Seahawks. Yeah, I kind of agree with you. I don't get it. And, and Jameis Winston's banged up. Michael Thomas is banged up, too. Uh, that's a good pick by you. I do think, BLG, you got the steal of the week. That is the best line, so congrats to you. I'm going to get a little bit weird with this. I know it's locks, but I'm throw, I'm rolling the dice a little bit. I'm going Browns plus two against the Chargers. You're rolling the dice with people's money, just so we're all clear here. But Other yeah. people's money. That's the best way to roll the dice. The, I'm betting on the Chargers chargering, basically. I don't really have any other explanation mm. for it. I'll say this about the Browns. They know who they are. They don't screw it up with turnovers, and they run the hell out of the ball. That's who they are. They, they have one path to victory with Jacoby Brissett as their quarterback, and they stick to it. The Chargers should be better. They should be, but they're not. And whether it's Brandon Staley making a weird play, maybe the fact that Justin Herbert is banged up, I don't know. But they continue to charge her again and again and again. And so I'm I'm betting on the Chargers to do what they do best. So give me the Browns plus two. The Chargers have fallen. Everybody was so high on them. <laughs> oh, they're gonna they're gonna win the AS. They're gonna win the AS. Like I don't know what odds anybody got on the Chiefs in the summer, but man, that especially like the AFC West has been a flop outside of Kansas City re- remaining status quo. All right, should we go to our same game parlay now? If we have to. All right, the standings there, me and BLG are atop the same game parlay standings at two and two, and RJ is bringing up the rear at one and three. I will give you honors, BLG. It's Bengals at Ravens. Where are you going? Yeah, we have not successfully hit yet. So I want to, you know, I want to get a win here for the people. Hopefully, yep. this is the week. I'm going with something that I think has a decent chance of happening. Not like the, the, if we're talking about difficulty level here, this is not ramped up to 11. I think this is a pretty attainable. I am taking the over on Joe Burrow passing yards at 279.5. So if he has 280 or above, it hits. The quarterbacks against this year, against Baltimore's defense in terms of passing yards, Joe Flacco had 309, Tua had 469. Mac Jones had 321, and then Josh Allen was the only one to not get over that threshold, but he has 213, and it was a very like rainy and windy game last week, so that's kind of an anomaly there. Um, when you look at their average per game, they've given up 328, well above where Joe Burrow needs to hit this week. Ravens have allowed the most passing yards per game in the NFL, and if you look back to Burrow's three career games against the Ravens, and I know Baltimore had some injuries in those games, but still... I mean, he lit them up. He's averaging 374.6 yards per game against the Ravens. So give me the over on Joe Burrow. I think it's going to be a big week for their passing attack. Give me the over on 279.5. Well done, Brandon. Um, Stats, what do you have? Because yours is probably not as cool as mine. Okay, I'm going to go Lamar Jackson (laughs) over 244 and a half passing yards. I think this game is going to be kind of a shootout and I know I know people like to talk about Lamar Jackson's running. Lamar Jackson can throw the damn ball. And I think he's going to do it in this game. I've picked Lamar to be my MVP. You, in order to be the MVP, you need to have good performances in prime time. I think he's going to do that against Cincinnati. So I'll go Lamar over 244 and a half passing yards. 
Mm. Opposite ends of the spectrum. Who am I going to side with? Am I going to go Baltimore or Cincinnati? Um, last week, uh, BLG and I had a nice um, sort of co-alignment um, on our single game parlay props. And right, and that is the case this week. I agree with you both. I really, we kind of need like a, a like you know, yes. a juicy primetime game. Like Please. they've all kind of stunk. Um, so I would love to get this like back and forth. Like we've either had like terrible games, clunkers or like games mired in controversy. So give us something cool. Um, I will take Jamar Chase um, over 94 and a half receiving mm. yards at plus 215. Um, so I think 95 yards at least uh, that Joe Burrow throws go to Jamar Chase. Um, it felt like he really wasn't that productive against Miami, right? Like we all kind of thought that last Thursday night still finished with 81 yards. So you're talking about like mm. just 14 more yards. Uh, against the defense that might be the worst in the NFL or is in contention uh, to be one of the worst in the NFL. The way they played against Baltimore last year really means nothing to me. Um, I thought that that was overblown at the time. But still, um, you know, Baltimore is not playing well. I think the Bengals are trending upward. I think that, you know, they kind of took a little bit of time to ramp up. And so we haven't really seen the Jamar Chase is Jamar Chase game yet. Um, so, again, plus 215, 95 yards. Easy. Let's party. Plus, I feel like when you can get that on two catches, pretty much, like, you always feel pretty It's like he needs, you know, 85 targets to get there. So that's a good pick by you. That is our same game parlay. Let's take a quick second. We'll take a break. When we come back, we will run through all the games in week five here on the SB Nation NFL show. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. We are back. It is time to run through the games in week five, and we will start in London with Giants at the Packers. The Packers are giving seven and a half points in this game. BLG, I'll start with you. Mm, I have to take the Giants, the G-Men, the New York football Giants. The Packers cannot be trusted to cover a spread like this currently. They just had to go to overtime to beat Bailey Zappi at home. Nevertheless, I think the Packers win the game. Giants are a little banged up, but I think the Giants make it competitive. Their defense has been decent, and you just can't trust that Packers offense. So give me the points. Packers will win. Speaking of Bailey Zappi, a bit of a preview for something to come later on throughout the show. Um, however, um, I like the Packers to cover. Um, I just don't believe in the Giants. I mean, like, I don't believe in their offense right now. Um, I'm with you, Brandon. They're certainly, we talk about this a lot on the NFC's mixtape, but um, they have a, a stronger pulse than in years past. But, like, their quarterback situation is in flux. And Saquon is back, so good for him. But I still don't think that that's enough. I, I really... 
again, like we, we talked about with the Bengals, like we're kind of waiting for the like Aaron Rodgers' back game, and I don't know that we'll ever get it, but I just I, – I, I really trust the Packers here. Although the London games are kind of weird. Uh, stats, actually, Brandon and I were talking about this on the mixtape this week. I don't know if you know this. This is the first game ever in the NFL's London series where the both teams have a winning record. That is so mean. Like, London gives us so much, and, like, the United Kingdom gives us so much. Like, why? Why do we do this so rudely to them? We want to grow the game internationally. Great. Give them the Jags and the Colts. Oh, awesome. Like, we, we should be shipping over some better games. Uh, specifically in this one, Saquon Barkley's back. Great. Guess what? He's a running back. It's the least valuable position in the NFL. The Giants may be good down the road, but they're not very good this year. I don't care what their record says. I will take the Packers, and I will give the points. Next up, this is a game I did not think was going to be fun, but I think could be a lot of fun. The Lions going to New England to take on the Patriots. Patriots giving three and a half points. Mac Jones is banged up. The Lions are scoring points like never before. RJ, where are you going? Lions are a little brother franchise. We learned last week. You can't lose to the Seahawks after everyone's given you all that love. I know the offense is scoring a billion points, but like still, this is going to be a seven maybe win team. And then everyone's going to be like, good for you guys. You, you didn't finish last in the NFC North. You, you beat the Bears. You want you maybe, you know, you you were pleasant to watch on Thanksgiving. Not nah, Lions. I think they stink, but the Patriots are super bad. So uh, three and a <laughs> half. I mean, like Jared Goff is entertaining right like, like uh, between jared goff and carson Wentz, like i'm not saying i think jared goff is a good quarterback but at least he's fun to watch i mean this tj hawkinson like they got a lot to work with there i mean i do think the future of, of detroit is interesting um but yeah i i just in no way think that that the patriots can cover three and a half points lions are not good but they are not boring they lead the league in scoring defense stinks which creates kind of an exciting brand of football. Um, maybe more so if you're not actually a Lions fan. <laughs> um, but uh, I'll take the points here. I don't trust the Patriots, even though okay, moral win against the Packers. Um, I, I don't. I don't think uh, Bailey Zappi is inspiring a lot of confidence, and that offense as a whole is inspiring a lot of confidence. Confidence against a Lions offense that yes is quite capable of putting up points. I mean, they put up 45 last week, despite the fact they're missing DJ Shark and. Um, and who else? And DeAndre Swift I'm and Amon Ross Brown. Yeah, so like they can score, and I will bet on that. I will lean with that. Give the just compare the two teams. Who has the better quarterback? Golf is better than Zappy right now. Who's got the better weapons? The Lions clearly have the better weapons. I'll take Detroit, and I'm getting points. I, this seems too easy, which is usually when I lose my money. But okay, I'll take the Lions and get the points. Next up, Chargers at the Browns. Browns getting two. You guys know where I stand. BLG, where do you stand? Hmm. This is a, I know you beat it your lock. This would be a stay away from me. I don't feel strongly about either way right here. People like Jacoby Brissett, I think, more than I do. Um, I think he's like fine as a backup if he's playing, you know, like two to four games or something and you just have to get by. But for the like extended period of time, not really about it. Uh, at the same time, I took the Texans to beat the Chargers last week because, you know, they did that last year, as RJ has mentioned, like, one time in the past. Yeah, you guys um, believe in the Chargers, though. Keep going. You, you both are super down so on them. Injured. We haven't even hit. Yeah. It's oh, a, they're not even, like, the oh, team. They, they're not the same team as they entered the season. It's, like, a totally different right. outlook. Injuries never happened in the NFL. Sure. Mm-hmm. Okay, but literally, like, all of their good players. Not even just, like, one or two. Like, like all of their good players, including the straw that stirs the drink, Mr. Justin Herbert. So... I don't love this. I will take the Chargers, but I do not feel great about it. I think stats. Uh, zap, moment you I zapped you. You're zapped. <laughs> For anyone who doesn't know, we're going to allow 
someone to zap someone else, so they have to hold their analysis to just a single pick. So now, RJ, just give me your pick. Chargers. All right, excellent. We explain <laughs> the rules to the zap though. Like yes. we, each get to, we, we each get to zap each other one time. So like, yeah. so BLG has used his RJ zap this game. This except this except the the person who covers that team. Like if so, I, if I'm right, I can't be zap talking about the Eagles. Stats can't be zap talking about the 49ers, and RJ can't be zap talking about the cap the Cowboys. Yeah. Well, how about Chargers we talk and- about the Steelers and the Bills. The Bills are favored by 14 points, which is a massive, massive spread in the NFL. RJ, I'll start with you. You taking the points? Hell yeah. Uh, the Bills are back. Um, I mean, I, I think last week's win was really impressive. I know it was like their first, like, you know, with a 17-point drought or whatever it was. Um, sort of incidental that Josh Allen was 17. I just don't believe in Kenny Pickett. Um, I, I think we're starting to see... Um, not the wheels come off of Mike Tomlin. I think I think he has a lot of football coaching ahead of him. I think he'll be fine. But like the wheels on this like narrative, like oh he never has a season. Like it's too much. Like we you know the injuries, T.J. Watt being hurt. Like you can't you can't do this at this point. And I think you have to accept it. You I think the Steelers are are at a place the Giants have been for a long time where it's like we can do it. We can just like you know avoid it. We can procrastinate. We don't have to like face facts. No, you got to do it. You got to have this purge. You got to let the infection run its course. And, you, you know, use all this time to have these young players, Deontay Johnson and Najee Harris and Kenny Pickett, like have them work and coalesce together so you can come back stronger than ever in the future. But I will uh, pick the Bills. The Bills are a juggernaut, and I think Kenny Pickett will be okay. I'm not really worried about him, but this is not really the, like, coming out party for him against uh, a pass rush that's going to be able to get after him. And just, again, it's a really, really good team. So I'm not worried about Kenny Pickett, but I just don't think this is the Steelers game at all. The Bills are quite capable of blowing teams out, and that's what they'll do here. I'll take the Bills. The Bills are very banged up. No Dawson Knox in this one. No Jordan Poyer. No Christian Benford. No Jay Kumaru. No Jamison Crowder. It doesn't matter, though. And you know what? It doesn't matter for the Steelers. The second you decide to go with Kenny Pickett, the only thing that matters for them the rest of the way this year is finding out if he can play or not. That's it. If they finish over 500, so what? And by the way, somebody on this show said the thing that's going to end this year is that Steelers streak of finishing above 500. Just want to Super Bowl, considering out. Mitchell Trubisky was their quarterback. Is it going to happen? Yes. Mm. So I don't get any props from you guys for my Colts take, so we're not giving you anything on this. Okay, well, I'll take the Bills, and I will give the 14 points, even though that is a ton in the National Football League. All right, next up, Seattle at New Orleans. Saints giving five and a half points, RJ. I mean, I've made my feelings on this very clear. Um, I think it's amazing that, you know, last year the Giants benefited from the Bears trading them their first-round pick, right? Like, that. Like we don't give them enough credit for that. Like I mean, we give them a lot, but, like, that was – you know, I wouldn't say brilliant. I think it was more accidental than anything on Dave Gettleman's behalf. But like New Orleans and Denver both are absent of their first round picks. Like, how is that possible? Um, the Saints are a mess. Uh, what happened in London was awful. Uh, I, I Again, I feel badly for them. Shout out to my Vikings for being able to survive um, that ridiculousness. I, I mean, it's uh, Brandon mentions it all the time. I don't know how they beat the Falcons. Like, I, I really don't. Like, I mean, outside of the Falcons, falconing, um, the, the <laughs> Saints are disgusting. I mean, they they are disgusting, and I, um, you know, that's all I have to say. Saints, oh, sorry, no, the Seahawks are thirteenth in DVOA. Like, they've been decent. I think people might owe Pete Carroll an apology, uh, including maybe some of us here. Um, not to say. 
he hasn't been, you know, to blame for the Seahawks' descent at all in recent years. But it's clear, I think, that he was not the biggest problem. Seems like might have been more of the quarterback. Um, so tough look for Russ there in that regard too. With the Seahawks looking like decent and respectable, not amazing, but like a solid at least team. Um, yeah, give me the points here, Gino baby. Gino's been good. It's crazy. It, I can't believe how we're in 2022 and Gino Smith is a viable starting quarterback option. By the way, he is second overall in DVOA among quarterbacks. It's crazy. Give me the points. I will take the Seahawks and the points. Wow. Moving on. Next up, Dolphins at the Jets. The Jets getting three points. Zach Wilson is back, BLG. Does that change your opinion on the Jets in any way, shape, form, or fashion? No. And he stinks. He, he wasn't good last week. Like, okay, <laughs> they led a, like a game-winning drive. But, like, you needed that in a game where Kenny Pickett threw three interceptions. And the, the starting quarterback for the Steelers got benched. Like, all that happened. And they still needed a game-winning touchdown drive at the end. And they needed like a trick play at one point, running the Philly special. So uh, I am going to take the Dolphins. I don't love Teddy, but they're coming off a, a you know longer rest. And the Jets have won twice this year. But again, that, that Browns game was kind of fluky. And last week wasn't very convincing. So I'll take the Dolphins. I like the strength of their roster. Bad energy, bad vibes with the Dolphins right now. Obviously, beyond the scope of just what's happening on the field. Um, I think... Teddy is worse than Jacoby Brissett. I think like the Teddy's actually kind of good. Mm. Uh, like conversation has faded. Like, the, well, there was like a moment, he right? Never like, was good. He never, never was like, good. Thank you. No, I, I agree. But like early, the, in the, like the new Orleans chapter of things, he was like enough, right? Like, like when you, like, cause that roster was so elite. And so like, yeah. it's, it's just not the same anymore. And so like the, the, the ride can't run is my point. So I think they're going to be really limited. Um, the Jets are finally like recognizing that Brees Hall is the best running back on their team. Good for them. Um, I don't believe in Zach Wilson either, but I kind of like the Jets here. Like I, I'm kind of feeling mm. it, and it would be the most like Dolphins thing of all time. Like you had your moment in the sun in September, and then you started to fade into oblivion once the real part of the season started to roll. Um, I'll take the Jets. I'm going to take the Jets in the points. I think the Dolphins hey. will win, but I think it's going to be close. But Teddy Bridgewater, he's always been just a guy. That's it. That's all. And he's a nice guy and everybody likes him. So they make him out to be better than he is as a quarterback. He's just, he's just a guy at quarterback. So I'll take the Dolphins to win the game, but the Jets are going to win with the points. I'm, I'm in the red. ice box. <laughs> the ice box. Falcons. The ice box. Winter is coming. For the audio listeners, stats is just dejected. Just no reaction. <laughs> At least right. I don't do it every one now, Stats. Like, it has to happen once. It has to happen once a week. Yeah. Let's go to Tampa Bay now where the Falcons <laughs> come to town. The Bucks are favored by 10 points. Tom Brady was out of practice. Now he's back at practice. He says he's good to go. There are rumors about all sorts of problems in his personal life, RJ. Is that enough to get you to take the Falcons in the points? I think the Bucks win. Um, I don't know. I don't. I mean, I don't know what's going on with Tom Brady, but he's still Tom Brady. And like, I know we lean on that trope a lot. It is true. Like, you know, th that has played itself out many, 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 many times. However, the Falcons are functional, right? Like the Falcons are cute. Um, no Cordero Patterson this week. I know. Maybe uh, Arthur Smith will remember that Kyle Pitts exists. Um, who knows? <laughs> but but um, I I mean, the Bucks offense is really bad. I do think that their defense bounces back. I think people kind of wrote them off after getting blown out by the Chiefs, um, which is understandable. Um, yeah, I'll take the points, but I think the Bucks win. 
Why don't you go with first stats? I don't think that there's any way the Falcons are going to be able to score enough, especially with Cordero Patterson gone. I agree. The, the Bucks defense is still really, really good. If you take out that loss against the Chiefs, the Bucks defense has given up 14, 10, and three points the rest of the games this season. Atlanta's just not going to be able to score enough, so I'll take the Bucks and give the points. Atlanta's the 11th team in DVOA. Kind of interesting. Uh, kind of speaks to how they've been a little bit more competitive than maybe their record and vibes would show. Of course, the Bucks are at fifth overall. Um, man, the vibes are just so bad with Tom Brady and the Bucks, and they have been for so ten points is a lot of points. Division game. I like the Bucks to win. I do believe in that. But the points, I, I I'll take Atlanta. I'll take Atlanta plus ten. But I think the Bucks win. Stats? Are you cold? Because you're in the ice box. <laughs> Fun fact about the icebox. Winter is coming. No, I'm in the icebox. At all. He's mad. He doesn't I'll like you. A, I'll get you a jacket, Stats. You look good in sweater vest. We'll get you one. By the way, if you put the dolphins in the icebox, that'd be like, you know, pretty dangerous. You know, you don't put a dolphin in there. Mm. All the water's freezing up. You know, bad look. What is happening on the show today? Tennessee is in D.C. to take on the Commanders. Commanders getting one and a half points. BLG, where are you going? Zap! That's fine. I'm, that's, I'm totally fine. I'm sure. No, you, all um, you can do is pick. You, you got to pick it. Put it out. Uh, Titans, one and a half. RJ? Um, I was running out of zapped opportunities. I just wanted to not give him a chance to drag Wentz. Um, I think the Titans win. <laughs> I would I would love to see. I don't. I want the Commanders to lose every game, obviously, and they are so bad. Uh, it would be really funny if he beat the Titans after the Colts, like, we're so broken offensively, um, but it's not happening. I'll, I'll take the Titans. Oh, by the way, uh, Naheem Hines last week whined about Ryan Tannehill uh, being the quarterback of the Titans for his whole career with the Colts. Okay, then maybe have your organization do something like, um, you know, do something legitimate. I don't know, but uh, Titans. What More is like Naheem whines. Oh, hey now. Also, hope he's all right. Obviously had the scary injury at the beginning of Thursday night. You know, I was one that when Ron Rivera got hired, I thought, you know, he's going to be a stabilizing force on this organization. He's an adult in a room. And then I see this quote from him talking about, does the team need to improve? And he says, shoot, quote unquote, this organization's got five championships. Are you bleeping kidding me? Like, what is happening? Does that environment just corrupt everything that comes into it? I don't know what is going on with Washington. They just no. I'm never going to pick them for anything. I will take the Titans and I will give the one and a half points. That's a weird situation there. Mm, you both liked them two years ago. Never forget. And last year, you both thought they would win the NFC East. Well, they might have if they didn't lose their starting quarterback for the entire year. I'm you so you like to skip right. over that part, which is odd. Which is really You're weird. right. Anyway, Ryan Fitzpatrick has a long history of success in the NFL. They is Ryan Fitzpatrick like better than Taylor Heineke? Yes. I don't think so. <laughs> I, don't, I, I think the best quarterback on the commander's roster is not playing. All right. Let's get to things that are happening this year. The Bears are in Minnesota take on the Vikings. Vikings giving seven and a half points. BLG. I kind of wish I got zapped for this one because it's just <laughs> you be the Vikings. I mean, just I say it every week. Justin Fields is terrible. Like, what more do you need to see? I mean, yes. Is he set up to, to succeed at all uh, possible avenues or whatever you want to say? No, he's not. But can he be like reasonably better than he is now. Yes. There's no way he has to be as bad as he is now. There's no way. Like he has, like it's just not his fault at all. Like, give me a break. He's been disastrous 
And what did I say about him? One of the biggest reasons I didn't believe in him, this is before he ever played like a snap in the NFL, holds on to the ball too long. Guess what he does? He holds on to the ball too long, takes a ton of sacks, and that's a problem. Give me the Vikings. Mm. Um, yeah, Vikings are going to be four and one after all the hate. After they they're they're gonna be four and one with their one loss being against what many people believe, myself included, right now is the best team in the NFL. Like that's you know, on, on there are other like tentacles to, to the story, but like that on the surface is pretty solid. Um, they're in strong position. I think they're gonna win the NFC North. I love the Vikings this year. Seems like Justin Jefferson's getting back. I agree with you, Brandon, and, and we've had this conversation many times on fields. I sometimes like we have this experience where it's like, he doesn't even like, I, I remember like at Ohio state, and I know obviously everybody watched him, but like he was throwing the ball, like so far downfield. It's like, why can't you just do that? Like, we've literally <laughs> seen you do it before. Like, just we like, did you just forget? Like, does the uniform weigh you down? Like, what is it? They are, um, there's no redeeming quality about the bears right now. None. And you know, what doesn't get talked about right now? The Khalil, Khalil Mack has five sacks to this point like that was such an awful trade and i recognize they were kind of punting on the year but like that trade is one of the more underrated ones of the offseason justin fields has 67 pass attempts on the season and we're going into week five like Cooper that is Cup has like 54 targets by himself so like they don't even i mean some of it is him not throwing the ball i'm sure they're calling more passing play but like it is just so absurdly bad the Vikings have a lot of talent on offense. This is where they're all going to get happy. Give me the Vikings, and I will happily give the seven and a half points. We have made it through the early games. Let's get to the late games. RJ, I'll start with you. Cowboys at Rams. Rams giving five and a half points. I cannot be zapped. Um, this is such a <laughs> like an invincible feeling. Um, I, I like the Cowboys, too. I'm, I'm with BLG um, to, to win outright. I, I Actually, when the opening odds came out, we obviously all write about them at our sites. I thought that six was was ridiculous. And that was before the Rams had played Monday night. I mean, just because they, they haven't looked that great, um, the Cowboys have the thing that can stifle them again, as evidenced by Monday night. And I really think this – I wrote about this. It'll be out later on Friday at BTB. This is the Trayvon Diggs game, as far as I'm concerned. Um, Trayvon has, has come a long way. There's a lot of people really quiet about Diggs this season. I mean, he's got interceptions and back-to-back games, but he's turned into through four games, an elite cover corner. People said it couldn't happen. Could it be done? And if he eliminates Cooper cup, and I'm not saying the Niners defense is trash because they didn't stats, but if he does like, this is, this is the afternoon window Fox's game of the week, the whole world. If you look at the coverage map, it's basically everybody getting this game. Like this is a big announcement game and everybody like freaked out. The only like con about this is if the Cowboys win, everybody freaked out when Cooper rush beat the Super Bowl losers. If they go beat the Super Bowl winners at their house, the place where they won the Super Bowl. I mean, it would be wild, but um, I think it's going to happen. I, I mean, the Cowboys offense is, has found a way to hold on and that defense is just so special. It's not just Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. It's all the role players. Demarcus Lawrence, Dorrance Armstrong, Leighton Vanders is playing really well. Donovan Wilson and J. Ron Curse's absence was back. Give me the Cowboys. Whose house? Uh, it ain't the Rams house. I'll tell you that. That is exactly. The, that's the worst like rally of all time. Like, who calls a stadium a house? <laughs> I think like, they're literally asking because it ain't them. Yeah, it, that's that goes into my point though. Like RJ, your pick with the Saints earlier. The, at least the the least I can say right. for them is that right. they have a legitimate home field advantage. Like they, it's a ton of Saints fans and probably a lot of artificial crowd noise maybe at that stadium where the Rams don't even have that going for them. This isn't. There's gonna be a ton. Of, there's gonna be more Cowboys fans. At least like probably you can hear on TV. Uh, there, then there will be Rams fans, or at least like a split. It's not going to be a home field advantage, is the point for the Rams. So they don't even have that working in their favor. The only way I see the, the Rams winning this game is like Aaron Donald just absolutely takes over 
forces Cooper Rush into a couple of turnovers, if it's like strip sacks or interceptions or whatever, like that's the one path is he just has an all time game from him, which is possible. But like, I think that's the only way. I, otherwise, I just don't really believe in this Rams team at all. Again, how is that offensive line, which has been really bad, going to hold up against one of the NFL's very best pass rushes so far? I just, I don't see it. And last thing, not even about this game, but I wanted to mention on uh, the Justin Fields, he said he had 67 passing attempts this season stats. Josh Allen had 63 in week three. <laughs> so just to put that in perspective a little bit more. But yeah, give me, give, this is my lock of the week. Give me Cowboys plus five and a half all day. Stats, can I ask you a question to set you up? Say sure. say Trayvon Diggs does like, to, to whatever degree, eliminate Cooper Cup. Like this, this becomes all about Allen Robinson. That looks like one of the worst like overhyped things of the offseason. I mean, you obviously watched the game Monday night very closely. Like, and I always thought about speaking of Chicago, like it was so lame how people were like, free Allen Robinson. He picked the Bears in free agency. Like everybody always acted like he was some prisoner of that. Like Allen Robinson looks like he had an amazing season statistically with Blake Bortles like a hundred years ago. And other than <laughs> that, he's just been an average dude. I mean, and they don't really go to him. They throw him like an end zone fade, but that seems to be it. It's it was unbelievable how much Matthew Stafford was looking at Cooper Cup and pretty much nobody else to the point where Talanoa Hufanga literally just leaves his man on a screen pass <laughs> and intercepts the ball and goes for a pick six because he was like, that's the only guy they were throwing to all night. I don't see how the Rams win this game. The big stat going around after Monday night was that Nick Bosa had 14 pressures just by himself in that game, which is incredible. Well, guess what? Michael Parsons could do the exact same thing. Like it is so bad for the Rams right now. And the irony of all ironies is what did Matthew Stafford, why did he want to get out of Detroit? Right. One, only one real threat at wide receiver, no running game, no offensive line. Well, guess what he has with the Rams right now? No offensive line, no running game, and one threat at wide receiver. It's totally weird how they've kind of flipped. Like, Jared Goff is the one with the playmakers around him and the offensive line in Detroit. It is really weird how that is totally flipped. Now, Stafford got his Super Bowl, so, you know, all credit to him. It worked out. And his little right Caesars commercials. Yeah, that's weird. Mm. That was but, never but, happening in Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> no. It's just there's bad vibes with the Rams right now, and I don't know. That offensive line's not going to get any better. Even when they're healthy, they're not there that good. And I still think something's going on with Stafford's arm. They don't look downfield at all. The Rams had the longest play the Rams had in that game against the Niners is 18 yards. They didn't have a single play of 20 yards or more. I don't know how they're going to do that against the Cowboys. So I'll take Dallas, especially if I'm getting points. That seems too easy. My prediction for this, I spoke to Kenneth Arthur from Pro Show Times about this at BTB, um, is it comes down to like a Sean McVay, like, cowardly decision right like it's like oh, fourth wow. and three at, at the rams like 49 late in the game or something like that and he punts like it's this like massive indictment of stafford like how did how did you not believe in him whatever this and that i mean that's that's how this game ends I, it's like this old like sean mcveigh is the talking point decision wise on monday morning rj did you say real quick that matt stafford would not get a little caesar's deal in detroit did he have one he did I mean, Little Caesars is like based in Detroit. They're they're oh really? I know, but like, did, did, did he have Caesars a national arena. commercial when he would like for Little Caesars? When I'm he saying was... like, it doesn't seem far fetched that like the, the where it's from, he could yeah. ever get so a like, deal there. But whatever. My my point isn't about Little Caesars. My point is like Matthew Stafford I would not have like multiple national commercials. But like, for it's just line. funny to hear he would that would never happen there where it's from. <laughs> I didn't yeah. know that. So yeah, I was wrong yeah. on that. All right, yeah, Eagles. Well, isn't that the Pistons Arena? Sorry, like it's Little Caesars. Yeah, Pistons and Red Wings, I believe. Yeah. Eagles in Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Cardinals getting five and a half points. BLG, this line looks at least makes sense. 
for the first time all season. Oh, boy. <laughs> the Eagles giving the points. Uh, Cardinals is like, what do they have going for them? They start slow each week. The Eagles have been just crushing it in the second quarter. I get a, a huge rate. Um, Eagles passing game took a step back last week, but it was rainy and windy. I don't really think that was uh, a sign of struggles there to come as much as it just was the conditions of the game. And even so, they were still able to run the heck out of the football and beat like a quality Jacksonville Jaguars team. So uh, I like the Eagles a lot here. These are banged up. They might be missing their left tackle. They're missing their kicker. Um, could be missing their slot cornerback. Cardinals are also banged up. Rodney Hudson, Justin Pugh, they're on the injury report, haven't practiced this week. Guess what? They're also going to be missing their kicker in that Prater, so it's going to be a battle of the backup kickers in this one. <laughs> Eagles sign uh, Cameron Dicker, the kicker, on their practice squad. He'll be the, the replacement for Jake Elliott this week. Uh, yeah, I just think the Cardinals' defense ranks dead last in the NFL in PFF grade overall. Like This is a, this is a big game for Jalen Hurts and A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith like to go off against a Cardinal secondary that has a lot of shorter players in their secondary at defensive back, or sorry, at, at corner and safety. So, yeah, I'll take the Eagles here, and it will not be the only Philly win over a Cardinals team because the Philadelphia Phillies are in the playoffs too, and they're also going to win. There we go. Um, So the teams who debuted their black helmets last week mm. both lost. Uh, the New Orleans Saints did against the Minnesota Vikings and the Washington Commanders did. Granted, that's part of a, an entire ensemble. And they lost the Dallas Cowboys. The Arizona Cardinals, not the St. Louis Cardinals, will be debuting their black helmets on Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, so just, you know, want to let the SB Nation like art team know, like maybe get a graphic ready in time, like the black helmets are 0-3. I think that's going to happen. I have picked the Eagles with confidence each of the last few weeks. I'm going to do so again. I do think this is the most um, dynamic quarterback that they will have faced this year. I'm not saying Kyler is playing that way right now, but like he has that skill set. Like we have seen it before. And so like we talk so much about like, can you see a path? Like, can I see a path where the Cardinals win? Totally. Like if, if Kyler has this like Kyler moment, I can absolutely see that, but that is just so unlikely. The Cardinals took, uh, I don't know. It was you stats that said like 17 lawnmower pulls last week to get their offense going against the Panthers. I mean, I just <laughs> don't buy in them or buy into them at all. I think the only, you know, contract that is going to age poorly or more poorly than Russell Wilson's in Denver is the ones that the Cardinals gave out to Steve Kime and Cliff Kingsbury. Um, I think you're fine with Kyler Murray. I think you you can like you can win with Kyler Murray, but like everything else is so bad. Um, I, I just they're they're so bad dating back to last year. Like you know, like what what is like it it, it should have been fixed. You know, like how are you still the same level of of gross? Um, give me the Eagles. It's really weird that the Cardinals, at least the one thing they had going for them was that they were supposed to be good early in the year. They are clearly not BLG. You just dropped in a note. They have four sacks in four games. There's no, the only Micah thing Parsons has four sacks this year, by the way, <laughs> Nick Bosa has six. Uh, the only thing that is more, that is good about the Cardinals right now is Kyler. Like he's the only like light in a, an ocean of darkness there in Arizona. The Eagles are the best team in the league. I'm going to take the Eagles. I will easily give the five and a half points. Is it possible the Cardinals win? Sure, anything is possible, and he's got a lot of talent, but the, the teams are just so overmatched in this one. This seems like an easy pick. One more are late you game. the Philadelphia Phillies, too, stats, or no? You're a baseball guy. Uh, no, I'll take the cards. Sorry. Guy. I'm a baseball guy, too. We're all baseball guys. Just, yeah. just stats as a baseball guy. Anyway. That's right. Uh, 49ers in Carolina to take on the Panthers. The Panthers are getting six and a half points, RJ. 
yeah, um, that's offensive. Like, how is it only six and a half? I recognize that Jimmy Garoppolo <laughs> is like a shade above Russell Wilson. You know what? Like, look, Baker Mayfield is fun. I, I have long believed that. I love his energy. He's a great character. I'm all about it. I have no issues with like all the talking and things like that. But some of it, like, like, like we talk about Russell, like, dude, read the room. Don't say like the Broncos country. Let's ride thing after like such a terrible loss. Ba- Baker is so obsessed with like making up slights and like proving people wrong and like getting revenge or whatever. Like the quote about like scoring after the booze. It's like, dude, you lost. Like, like you, you lost. You have one of the worst offenses in the NFL. And like, wow, what a shocker Panthers that the quarterback who you traded for, like right before the season began, who was not wanted by any NFL team was not some savior for your offense. I mean, the fact that it's a legitimate question to ask whether or not they should turn to Sam Donald, I think is a big enough indication at where the season is for the Panthers. Give me the Niners. If it was, 21 points i would take the niners <laughs> wow you could tease that up you can you can make you can do that's that. true uh, make some i'm money. not going to but but you know it's just it was you know for effect i had to say it so uh lavisca chanel out for this game um uh you know panthers have been banged up uh xavier woods questionable man i just do not like anything they have going the vibes are terrible panthers are all-time bad vibes team and obviously Matt Rule, one of the first head coaches to be fired in terms of uh, the top candidates in that category. I will take, yeah, I mean, he's up there too. I'll take the Niners easily. The Niners can lose any game because they can turn the ball over like nobody's business, but it's going to be hard for them to lose this game. Do you realize how bad the Panthers' offense are? They are averaging 4.7 plays per possession. That is the fewest in the league. The 49ers defense are forcing three and outs, not just stops, but three and outs on 40.9% of opponent possessions this year. Do you know what the league average is? Either one of you? No. 19.8%. This defense Mm. is so damn good. Oh, by the way, Carolina has run a total of four plays inside the opponent's 10-yard line. That is the fewest in the league. They stink. The Niners should easily win this game. Plus, the, the Panthers don't even get the advantage of having the Niners come east and play an early body clock game because this is still a 4 p.m. Eastern start for some reason, which is really weird. I'll take the Niners. I will give the six and a half points. Let's get to Sunday night football now. Bengals, Ravens, BLG. Uh, I mean, it's very on brand for me to take. The Bengals, but even RJ said it earlier. And by the way, you know, made his pick with the Bengals. Didn't necessarily say that they were going to win. I was a little disappointed. I, you know, took the Ravens last week. I thought they could beat the Bills, and you know, came down to the end. Uh, And I don't begrudge John Harbaugh at all for for going for it. I I think that was the right decision. Agreed. Um, But I just think the Bengals are there's something to them being on the rise here. And I know again, Baltimore is really banged up last year when the Bengals beat them. But I think I just like this matchup for some reason. I think Joe Burrow can have success here. I think they're finding their stride a little bit. And this is a huge game. This is gigantic, gigantic game for the AFC North. Um, I think the Bengals can pull off the upset outright. So I'm certainly going to take the three and a half if I'm getting those points. I love the Ravens. Um, Their defense is not great, but Lamar is so good. I think he's the better quarterback in this game. Um, I think Joe Burrow has the better supporting cast in this game. And that's, I mean, I think that we're seeing like Devin Duvernay pop for the Ravens. Obviously, Mark Andrews is amazing. It's a really fun game. You're right, Brandon. The fact that Baltimore lost last week, I think 
um, you know, it kind of makes the fire feel a little bit hotter around them. Um, and you can't drop games in your division. I mean, this this should this has every step or every you know ingredient necessary to be a great primetime game. Um, it's a bit of a bummer that uh, you and I actually all three of us will be coming off of afternoon games and, and busy for like the first half. But um, I will take the Ravens. I, I just mm. think they're a little bit more battle tested in games like this. I think John Harbaugh's like this will come down to John Harbaugh versus Zach Taylor. And, like, and that's that's like the 49ers defense against the Panthers offense as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> um, so I love the Ravens. I love night games in Baltimore. Like it's just it's a different kind of energy um give me the ravens and um i feel very very happy about it this game is going to be close it's a divisional game i think these two teams are pretty evenly matched even though the ravens have their problems on defense i just don't love cincinnati and, and that offense and the way they're working i think the it's, i think the ravens will probably win but the fact that the Bengals are getting that extra half a point i really like that so i'll take the points and cincinnati although i it's going to be close and I'm, I'm kind of just hedging my bet there just because the Bengals are getting the points. So that's where I'm going to go. Is that a wimpy way out? Is that a wimpy way to yes. bet? I mean, a lot of what you did today in general was yes. You love that point. Thing. Yeah, I do. But, well, they put it in there for a reason, right? They're not stupid. Um, I mean, they're not, but you know, again, we're just asking you to, to walk a little bit taller here. Stats, uh, uh, you know, walk like six foot five, Brandon Lee Gatton over there every week. Uh, come on. <laughs> All right. Let's uh-huh. make uh quick picks on the Monday night game Raiders in Kansas city to take on the chiefs. The chiefs are favored by seven, but we've seen the Raiders play the chiefs tough in recent years. RJ, this is Derek Carr's like Nirvana, right? Like a Monday night football yeah, match. To, to... Oh, um, chiefs win by a lot. BLG. The Chiefs are going to be fine. Raiders keep it close. Chiefs win the game. So just so you both know, Brandon, you did not zap stats and stats you did not zap me. We literally I'm never gonna zap anybody. I'm gonna use one. I thought we get one, we get no, we get one zap. Ah, No, we (laughs) get to zap, we get to zap each other once. No, I think we each get one zap. No, that's stupid because then like somebody can get zapped twice and nobody can get like somebody could not get zapped at all. I agree. That's the fun of it. Yep, one zap. zap. That's it. Well, I zapped you both. Yeah, but I didn't use one, so it's fine. Plus, we okay, never really so, discussed the official Well, you know rule. what? I think the listeners should like let us know what they think the rules for the zaps should be. Sure. Um, that's only They'll fair. agree with me. I, I have faith. I mean, look, just, hey. Yeah. But, um, wow. I think uh, I would like to grade everybody on the episode. I think stats, solid B effort. Uh, solid B effort. Uh, Brandon, B plus. RJ, A plus. This is a stunner. Wow. If you think oh, we're crazy, you. you agree. Whatever it is, leave us a comment. We want to hear your takes on our picks. Drop us a rating and a review. I always say if you take the time to leave a review, we will read it on the show. Enjoy the games, everybody. Wait, Scott, Scott, Scott. What happens to the Mariners? We need your prediction before we leave. Oh, yeah. Oh, they're going to they're gonna lose the series. Uh, <laughs> but I will be, I mean, I have not seen a Mariners playoff game since I was 16 years old, and I'm now 37. So I will be watching and cheering. I just don't think they're going to win, but I don't care. I haven't seen my team play in the playoffs since 2001. So I'm going to enjoy it, damn it. Hopefully the games are better than what we saw on Thursday night. We'll talk to you next week. All right, come with me.